This is the Jeff Forbert Show Business Spotlight, where I bring you happenings in the business community, the financial markets, real estate, and much more. And we talk with and invite great guests that help us break all this down. On this episode, Glenn Least with WT Wealth Management. Let's talk ESGs. What is it and why you should be paying attention to this? All right, welcome, and um, I do have our good buddy Glenn Lease with WT Wealth Management with us. Uh, Glenn, oh man, we've got a, a big one to talk about here today uh, with ESG, and I mean, it used to be we talk like the ABCs, but now it's the, the ESG, I guess. What what is? Yep. What, how you been, by the way? I'm I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I uh, actually got to. I've got a funny story about a Tesla because I was actually in Seattle uh, for a week and uh, got to actually drive a Tesla and. Uh, yeah, um, interesting experience with that. But it's no, an impressive it's us. an impressive car, though. I mean, I have. Oh yeah, um, uh, Bruce Sidlinger, who's a frequent guest on the show, he has two of those. He was one of the early ones that got one, and nobody had one, and it was you know just super novelty. And he took me in it, and it throws you back in your seat. The 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 the, the pickup speed. Oh yeah, it goes zero. The ours that we got was zero to sixty in like two point five seconds or three seconds. It was just it's crazy. unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Well, if you someday decide to buy a Tesla, um, Glenn, you will probably pop your ESG score up a little bit. What is, what is, I think a lot of people are familiar <laughs> with it, but what does that stand for? What is ESG? Yeah. So ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. And so it's a metric that a lot of companies have started to adhere to, um, to boost their really their their social credit score and their 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 class within the the society to say hey this is what we're doing you know to better better be a better steward of our company which in premise sounds really good however it's kind of been used in a not so good way or it's maybe gotten off uh, the rails a little bit and that's where our conversation comes in today so say you have a company like Facebook. So what the ESG does is you've got a company like Moody's or Fitch or some other rating agency that scores this company and scores in a bunch of different areas. And, and based on that, spits out a score, one to five stars or whatever the scale is the time. And if you're four stars and above, then you're doing great. You're getting an A grade and you get included in a lot more uh, funds, retirement funds and, you know, different, you know, asset managers, you know, will include you in there. And then if you don't get those scores, you'll be excluded. So there's been a lot of companies that have been trying to get their scores up because it makes a big difference. You know, if uh, you have a company like Vanguard or BlackRock, you know, who are including you in their funds, you know, that could be a 15, 20% stake in your company. Um, and if you're not included because you don't meet the ESG scores, you can be excluded. So as a basis, that's kind of what ESG stands for. Um, and I can go into each detail about, you know, the E, the S, the G, you know, what they're looking for. But um, that's the basics of it is they're trying to give the score of how they're doing each of those areas. Well, yeah, and I think we should go into that a little bit more, Glenn, because, I mean, that this is becoming a, a huge factor going forward, ESG. I, oh, yeah. I think a lot of people, companies are making really dumb decisions to try to get that score. Let's Let's say you were a traditional... I don't know, energy producer or whatever, and your, your dirty coal, whatever you want to call it, or, oh, those petroleum producers. Well, all of a sudden you're like, oh, let's, let's add some solar panels or let's do this or that, which we normally would never do because it doesn't add anything to the bottom line. And that's not what our business is, but we need a good ESG score because we want our shareholder price to go up and we want to be, you know, we want BlackRock to buy us. I mean, do you think it's, 
leading to poor management decisions? 100% yes. And I'll give you a good example. So um, every company, their main goal is to, you know, provide a good or service to their clients or customers, make money and be more profitable each year. So all their guiding business principles or policies should be in that direction of how can we make that equation better. And so a lot of times with the ESG movement, um, they've made a shift from increasing shareholder value to increasing stakeholder value. So they've kind of made this tiny, sh- what seems like a tiny shift, but it's actually a massive shift because stakeholders can be anyone that has any affiliation with the company. It could be, you know, the community, it could be a customer, it can be an employee. These are all people that have no financial interest in the company or no ownership. And now that allows that company to push and further advance whatever social issue they want to, even if it's bad for business. And, it, and it's clearly in a lot of cases, like Anheuser-Busch, I, I, you know, it, it'd be hard to argue that their recent marketing campaign has been good for business because <laughs> they're down $26 billion and they're laying off tons and tons of people. I mean, I can't imagine working for that company for, you know, if I was an employee working there for 10 or 15, 20 years and all of a sudden losing my job because of some, you know, ill-advised marketing, you know, plan that they did that really just destroyed their company. So, um, just this further social issue, like that's not good for business. And it's clearly demonstrating to other companies like Target. Target got hit with a $6 billion uh, market cap loss after their, uh, their latest controversy that they've been going through. So yes, you are hundred percent correct. Some of these policies um, are not good for business, but the thought process is they're good for whatever social issue they're trying to achieve, which, you know, is, why why even go down that road? Uh, yeah, my, uh, yeah. my question. And you, yeah. you hit it, Glenn. And Glenn Lees is with us. You hit it with what is the purpose of these companies? And I, I sum it up even a little differently. And well, maybe just even shorter. You can put it on a bumper sticker uh, to return value to the shareholders. I mean, that's why yep. they really exist is you buy a stock, you buy a piece of that company. And you're hoping to get a dividend back or that the stock value will go up. It used to be you'd be buying these and, and getting dividends back and you're making a return on your investment. And normally if uh, I buy that stock and maybe I have some interest in the company or a, some say I buy enough of those shares, I go to the meeting and they, they listen to you, Glenn, and they say, yeah, we didn't make a good decision here. We're going to make changes. But now they're not listening to me or you or the small or medium-sized investors are just listening to these big conglomerates, the big hedge funds that yep. are buying everything up. Yeah. And so that t- touched on the, I've actually got good news with all this because we've no, got good. a way <laughs> to fight the good fight, if you will, as a firm, if you're not into the ESG thing. But you, a, lot of, a lot of these companies are feeling pressure from these large institutional asset management firms like a Vanguard or a BlackRock. And say, you know, you're BlackRock and you own 20% share of Target through all your different funds and you say to Target, hey, this is what we want you to do. We want to want you to implement this DEI policy, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you don't, you know, we're going to ding you or we're just going to divest from you, meaning we're going to pull our funds. Well, you as a company are going to say, oh my gosh, we need to comply. We're like being forced into a corner. And so the real problem is these large asset managers have so much sway that um, the companies are kind of being forced into that. Because think about that. If you're a target and you're in a shareholder or you're in the, the meeting you know, with the top executives, you own a bunch of shares of the company, 
you wouldn't want to implement policies that are going to directly affect the value of your company and affect the value of your shares. You're going to say, hey, whatever social issue or thing we're trying to do, whether I agree or not, let's talk about business. This is going to hurt business, and that is not what we're designed to do. Um, and so one way to combat it, because a lot of people have felt powerless in this whole situation because there's some companies you can boycott. There's a lot of other companies that, frankly, we can't live without. Like, what else are we going to do? Like, yeah. you know, if you don't like Verizon Wireless, like, there's, <laughs> I'm not going to go with Boost Mobile because um, Verizon, you know, gives solid service. And so it's kind of like a lot of people feel trapped. Like, they, their voice can't be heard. There's no way to make a, a measured change. But we actually have a, a great solution for that. We may call it the anti-ESG portfolio where well, we can nice. fight that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, what is, and let me just real quick before I forget, you, you made a good point on, you have to do business with some companies. Okay. You don't like Verizon. Okay. I got AT&T or what's yeah. the other one? Sprint or something. Is that still around? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I need a bank that has presence in all the cities in the country. Uh, I don't like Bank of America. So I'm going to go to Wells Fargo. I mean, it's like, you're, there's not a lot of difference. So you kind of get stuck. Um, but I like yeah. the, what do you call it? Anti ESG fund. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Break so that. Break that down. Yeah. So it's actually we just rolled this fund out about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Okay. And here's the premise: is that we realize boycotting these companies may not have an effect, or we just can't boycott them at all because they're so ingrained in our daily life. And so what we're doing is, as a firm, when we own, because we have quite a bit of assets under management, but say we have, you know half a million shares of Apple between all of our clients, we can actually go together as one, one voting class and say, we're only going to vote for policies that further the growth and the further the value of the shareholders. That is what we want to focus in on. And anything that's not in line with that, we're going to vote it down and say, let's get back to just doing business. Let's get back to just selling a great cup of coffee or producing a good car, whatever the case may be. And so it's a way for investors to really still be able to own shares of these companies, but feel good that measurable change is happening because if enough people do that, um, you may, maybe, you know, there's like 25% of people that are doing these, you know, type of anti ESG movements and they can vote with their, you know, their shares um, and make a measurable change at the board of directors level and the policy level. So I think that's something very exciting. And, and to my knowledge, there's not a whole lot of places offering an alternative um, to the ESG movement. Yeah, that's interesting. That may catch on. I, I should always put my disclaimer here. Um, I am interested in that anti, personally, that sounds really interesting. In full disclosure, I obviously invest some with Glenn and with WT Wealth Management. Glenn's also a sponsor here, great sponsor here on, on the program. Um, but I, I deal with people that I, I like to deal with that I have a lot in common with. And I also like when I hear things like anti ESG fund. Um, but of course, investing always has, as risks. I'll throw that out there, Glenn, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, yeah. Set, setting that all aside, I'm going to be talking to you on the side because I'm, I'm curious what's, again, I don't give any individual stock or any kind of individual advice, but what's in there? Like, can you say, um, or is it still, is that something people should call? I'm, I'm real curious. Like what, what comp how do you even find companies that fit in that parameter? So this is the beauty of it is even if the company doesn't fit in that parameter, say, say for example, Walmart, and this is like a completely made up scenario, but say, Walmart, you know, is implementing all these policies that are really bad for business, but we own a bunch of shares of Walmart. We'll then take those shares and vote accordingly to say, hey, let's get back in line with 
you know, good business policies. So that way we don't have to specifically search out a company that is, you know, doing things the other way, which there are those companies that are, mm-hmm. you know, you know, still doing business to be in business and offering a good or service and not doing all the social commentary. But even those that are, we can still own them and feel good to know that we're actually making change. It allows you to invest, you know, and have a clear conscience to know you're not part of the problem. You're actually part of the solution. Um, So to answer your question, that's how we do it. We put like an overlay on your portfolio and we would enable that ability. And there's two ways of doing it. And I can kind of cover, you know, how specifically we're doing that and why it's so, I think, intriguing. Yeah. Okay. So the first way is um, we... If you have individual stocks in your portfolio, because we have um, a couple different versions of portfolios, um, some of them are big buckets of mutual funds or ETFs, and then at a certain uh, account size, we can then do the same thing, but actually own the individual shares of the company. But if you only have like five hundred or thousand bucks, you're not going to be able to buy three hundred different companies or two hundred different companies. But if you have a couple hundred thousand, you can. So. We have a way to do it both at the mutual fund level and the individual stock level. So one of the mutual funds that we're really excited about um, is called Strive. Um, and actually, that company was created by Vivek uh, Ramazwamy. Oh, they yeah, right? for president. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that until recently. And I already liked what I was hearing from the guy anyways. And then I found out he was uh, offered this mutual fund, you know, uh, ability to kind of fight back against that. He you know, this company's been doing quite well and it's growing very fast. So we're, we're looking to implement that on the mutual fund side and then also some individual stock voting on our side so that no matter what size client, if they want this, we can implement it for them. Okay, that's interesting. Well, I think the good news is people are fighting back. Um, and if yeah. they're not fighting back in the way you're talking about, the Anheuser-Busch debacle is a perfect cautionary tale to the yeah. the, the boardroom folks and the, the shareholders that – when they see somebody come and say, Hey, I got a great idea. Let's do this. And they're like, Oh, no. Anheuser Bush. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I feel bad for the people that have lost jobs and stuff like that. I, I always do, but sometimes there needs to be an example put out there and, and, and a success yeah. in, in halting this stuff going forward. All right, Glenn. Um, interesting stuff. I suspect that you and I will be talking a lot more about ESG, uh, environmental, social governance. Ugh. Um, as we go forward, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're fighting back some and look forward to having you back on real soon. Uh, throw out your, your info there real quick. I, I know you guys, you, you can come into your office, you can call up, um, email, anything like that. So, uh, people can get in touch with you and, and have that one-on-one conversation. Yeah. Yeah. My office number is 928-225-2474. Again, that's 928-225-2474. Or they can stop by the office. We're on 813 North Beaver Street, just south of the hospital. And, uh, or email at intelligentinvesting at wtwealthmanagement.com. All right, Glenn. Talk with you soon. Have a good one. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. You've been listening to the Jeff Orbit Show Business Spotlight. Check out more of my interviews and videos by going to talkwithjeff.com or look up Jeff Orbit's on YouTube. Please subscribe and comment. Also, check out and subscribe to the Jeff Orbit Show on your favorite podcast provider. And remember, this interview is for informational purposes only. I do not give financial advice. You should seek out a financial planner or a financial advisor when making any investment decisions.
This segment of the show has been brought to you exclusively by Glenn Leist at WT Wealth Management. Give Glenn a call at 928-225-2474. Waiting until a recession becomes official would be very late to make any constructive changes to your portfolio. Jeff Orvitz here, and Glenn Leist and his team at WT Wealth Management know that predictions about what the markets might do are often wrong. That's why it's better to prepare than to predict. Glenn can help you strategically position your portfolio based on where you are in your financial life. Making emotional decisions is not a good strategy. It leads to selling at the wrong time and waiting too long to get back in when turnarounds happen. Glenn and his team help you build a portfolio that fits you like a glove with an investment strategy that targets capturing upside potential while mitigating risk during difficult markets. Glenn's a fiduciary who shares your values. Call Glenn Least for a complimentary portfolio review at 928-225-2474. Glenn and his team have an investment strategy to give you confidence no matter what curveball the market might throw. Call Glenn Least at 928-225-2474.